Welcome to the Sunday Night Health Show podcast. Tonight of the podcast, we're talking about one man's journey back from trauma, abuse, depression, and drugs, and how he now helps others. Also, are you ready to deal with your aging parents? You know, the baby boomers, they're getting up there. What happens if you need home care overnight? A new variant of COVID. Yes. When will it end? The Sunday Night Health Show podcast starts now. And now, Maureen's Health Headline. Well, here we are. It's getting a little bit colder across Canada. People are going indoors. We're having events, um, you know, parties, lots of parties upcoming, especially with the holiday season. And I think people are thinking that they're free and clear from COVID. That, you know, I was at, at a small event, small gathering the other night, and um, people were saying... <laughs> Two people were sick there, okay? One person had a sore throat and the other one had nasal congestion and there was also a baby there. And I was just like, what? Um, but, you know, you can't say anything either because I lean toward being a polite person. But once I heard about the people who were sick, but you know what? They still came. Um, once I heard about them, I was, I put a mask on because, you know, I just whipped out my mask. I often have one in my pocket. And, um, I, you know, people were saying, we've all, we've had COVID. We've all had it. Do you know anyone, Maureen, that hasn't had it? And it's like, yours truly, I haven't. And I don't want to get it because there's more and more evidence to support that there can be damage to the brain. We're seeing a lot of people with, um, long COVID, which is an issue um, for people. We did a segment on long COVID and so many people texted in and talked about the symptoms that they've had that have been lasting for a protracted period of time. And, you know, people are suffering. And so when I hear about a new subvariant, it reminds me again, we have to be careful. You have to be careful. And we also did a little health quiz one night um, as well, and which was awesome because so many people texted in as to why they did not want to get COVID-19. A novel subvariant of COVID-19 identified as HV1 and falling under the Omicron lineage is gaining prominence throughout Canada. In spite of its increasing prevalence, health experts are currently assessing whether the subvariant exhibits greater contagiousness than its predecessors. And so that's always the issue with these subvariants. And we're going to continue to get subvariants as time goes on. The Public Health Agency of Canada, PHAC, notes a consistent rise in the HV.1 lineage group, reporting a growth from 2.1% of cases of total cases in August to a significant and substantial 34.4% as of October 29th. And so notably, HV.1 has surpassed other previously dominant variants, including the Arcturus variant, which is known as XBB 1.16, and it held prominence in the late spring and also the summer. So this subvariance prevalence, um, you know, its impact can be, we don't know, but the impact can be more significant than the reported figures that we have in October. You know, a lot of people are no longer testing at all. People are just going out. And, um, you know, it's important that, and, and I know you know this, it's important to protect yourselves and, and be careful and, you know, stay away from others, wear a mask if you're in a crowded area. Um, you know, it's, I'm always uncomfortable going to 
parties or events because, I mean, I know it's a little bit better, but I'm sort of sussing out the situation as well. And, and you can't be a hermit. You can't stay home all the time. I understand that. But you know what? It, you know, we're, we're shamed for putting on a mask as well. Luckily, I can make light of it. And and my friends have a good sense of humor as well. And, and at the end of the day, they don't even care. You're, you're protecting yourself. I just don't really want my life to stop. Um, to, by getting uh, COVID-19. And I'm sure you don't want to have your life stop either um, by getting COVID-19. And, you know, even though people say it's just a cold or it's just mild symptoms or um, it's no big deal, it certainly can be a big deal. Um, very much so. Because you don't know if you're going to be one of the 33% of people that gets long covid um, you don't know if you're somebody who's going to lose your sense of taste and smell. And that's a concern because that obviously involves the your brain, your neurological uh, system as well. You don't know if uh, you're going to miss out work or if you've given it to somebody else, if you've passed it on. So it's, it's important that we just be mindful of this. COVID-19 is going to be with us for a long time. And, you know, you want to also get vaccinated and that could be a um, dirty word, <laughs> that V word, but you know, it's recommended for anyone six months and above, and it's actually not a booster. It's a new vaccine. And, you know, we're having outbreaks, uh, you know, all over the country. Um, and, you know, the other thing is influenza is up, you know, COVID might be down a little bit and we may have a little bit, um, you know, a, a new subvariant that we don't know about its infectivity rate just yet. Um, but this is the influenza season also. And because we've really, we're really pretty much maskless out there, um, people are getting the flu and, and people certainly die of the flu as well. But the transmissibility is much higher with COVID-19. And, you know, you can also get something like COVID uh, fatigue. And even after you have recovered from a COVID uh, infection, the fatigue may last longer and that can depend on how severe your illness was. I don't know about you, but I really do not like being tired at all. And you may have COVID fatigue for two to three weeks after um, you've had a moderate case, for example. But if you've had a severe case, it's actually possible to feel sluggish and tired for months. And, you know, it's so hard to, you know, get going again or think, what's wrong with me? You're not able to go to work, not able to be as productive, not able to deal with the kids, not able to deal with your spouse or whatever, your home responsibilities. And so it's important that if you do get that COVID fatigue after an infection, that you start slowly and build up your level of activity over time. You know how hard it is if you've not been able to exercise and then you have to get back to exercising? You really have to start slow. And you're going to need to rest in between activities and not overdo it, especially if you have any comorbidities. And so many people have comorbidities because it's just so much easier to live in an unhealthy way than it is to make those sacrifices and make those healthy choices and get out there and pound the pavement or do whatever exercise that you love. Um, you know, and also with but that fatigue, you know, uh, begets fatigue. And so if you're not doing much, you can actually get more tired. So you want to, if you do get that COVID fatigue, you want to reduce the sitting time, try to stand up every hour, try marching on the spot is a good idea, but you're going to have to get moving again. And you know what? 
we really don't know what this virus is doing to our blood vessels either, uh, our brains or our blood vessels. And so it's very important. Let me know what you think about this subject and masks and COVID. And do you think it's over? And are you just tired of hearing all of this? And, and have you gotten COVID in the last little while? And I mean, you know, I've heard of, um, I recently had a, a couple in my clinical practice, well, just the one, but the couple was unable to go on a trip because they both got COVID. But I mean, I said, well, you tested, you know, a lot of people aren't even tested, testing. They would just get on the plane. What would you do? one 399 9898 That's 1-877-399-9898. If you, uh, would you test if you were sick? Do you care? What are your thoughts on COVID-19? I want to hear from you. Boy, were my eyes open to a couple of cases in my clinical practice recently, um, and it made me start thinking about the baby boomer generation born between 1946 and 1964. I had one woman in my clinical practice who was a lawyer, and she was married 32 years of age or so few of these facts have been changed to protect the innocent, but nonetheless, you get the picture. Uh, married both full-time jobs. They don't have any children yet, um, but her mother was diagnosed with a significant life-altering um, medical condition that really changed the mother's life, and she pretty much needed home care right away. And um, made me think this, this young woman had to take care of her mother and take her to medical appointments. And she said that, you know, that, that her life had changed from, she'd gone on vacation. Her mother got sick while she was on vacation. She came home early and now she is caring for her mother and taking her to medical appointments. And uh, her husband is, his job is to basically not lose his job, which I thought was um, sad and, and very interesting. Here is this young um, couple starting out and, I think the mother was around 60 years of age and this devastating thing occurs when the baby boomer generation for those people born between 1946 and 64 transitions into a life stage where the need for some form of care statistically increases. And what that means is that millennials along with Gen X and Gen Z Americans will increasingly find themselves in a situation similar to what I just described. I have another couple in my clinical practice where the dad was having evidence of cognitive decline. They weren't sure what it was, uh, went through many, many tests and many, many uh, medical appointments. And it was just kind of vague. And even though there was a history in the family, nobody thought that because this particular situation, this particular medical condition started out um, it manifested itself in something that didn't wasn't similar to um, cognitive decline because the the, per, the person had um, lost their vision. Anyway, we do have a caller on the line. Uh, hello. 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 Are you Levon? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Levon. You're from Calgary. Yes, I am. Wonderful. What's your question or your thought? Well, I'm just, it's not really a thought or anything. I was just thinking like, I'm, I have like, I'm vaccine twice and I, I kind of didn't want to get either, but then I got two and then I didn't want any more. And they had the third, like one came out. I didn't want any variants. Um, 
where I'm going with this is that I also come from like I have a split family. Half my family is like anti-vax, and the other half is like full vax. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I'm saying is I just kind of support either side. Like I don't care to each their own, but you know, do it with due diligence. If you're not going to get vaxxed and you get sick, wear a mask, right? Take your vitamins. If you're vaxxed, same thing. And I honestly, I think everybody is going to get COVID and including yourself, unfortunately, <laughs> like it's, it's going to no, happen. I know. <laughs> I so, you know, it's kind of where I stand. I don't think we need a divided line between it anymore. It's just like, and hopefully it's not a generated health care system, which already sucks. So that's, that's where I'm at. Well, I appreciate that. I just wanted to nip in there with the vitamins, which aren't going to do anything um, in terms of preventing COVID. A mask and a vaccine or vaccine and mask. And, and you know what? I don't talk about it enough, but, um, you know, COVID is airborne and also uh, good ventilation is also important. Um, so we really need to uh, focus a bit on that as well. And hand washing. Levon, thank you so much sorry, for the call. Sorry, sorry to tell you. Wait, one more quickly, though. Like, sure. My dad is looking for ivermectin, okay? So <laughs> it's like it's that far out. I am sure. <laughs> it's I know. not necessarily I... vitamins. It's like, <laughs> okay, thank you. Good night. No problem. <laughs> anyway, um, I'd stick with the vaccinated side of the family in that case. Uh, nonetheless, great call, Levon. Thank you so much. I, You know, Levon, here's the thing. You might become a uh, caregiver pretty much overnight. Um, that can happen, especially if you have a, a parent or a relative who gets COVID-19. That's something else that they can get. Um, things I'm talking about that people can get very quickly, they can be diagnosed with a terminal illness and they can be diagnosed with lots of things. But anyway, are you ready to provide comprehensive support to your older relatives, which may encompass specialized medical care, handing, handling paperwork, assisting with activities of daily living like bathing and eating? You know, we're having this big sandwich generation coming up, and I just wanted to raise that, and we're going to talk a little bit further about that in the future. Rosalind Carter said, do what you can to show you care about other people and you will make our world a better place. Well, my next guest is making our world a better place. Corey Preston joins me on the line. He's the founder of Mental Health Simplified. It's an organization that provides mental health coaching and motivational speaking seminars. It's an organization of mental health coaches and counselors, all of which have lived experience. That means they've overcome post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, substance dependency, and they all utilize their wisdom to help others all across Canada. Welcome, Corey Preston. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me to talk about this really important subject. Now, I mentioned that you're the founder of Mental Health Simplified and that everybody in this organization of mental health coaches and counselors have a lived experience. So you've been through this yourself. Would you yes. uh, like to share your story, Corey, with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so actually, just I got off the streets about eight years ago. I was actually homeless in Calgary downtown and in Edmonton, Western Canada area. Kind of just went everywhere, homeless on and off the streets, and that was really due to. Uh, childhood trauma 
when I was a child, I went through a lot of emotional and physical violence, both at home and also mostly at school. I was bullied for about eight years of my life, and, and because of that, I just had significant self-worth issues. I think I was at the age of 12 years old, I was suicidal, just not wanting to exist, and essentially what happened is, you know, that pain just transformed into a greater level of destruction in my life, and, you know, I eventually I started numbing with cannabis and, and alcohol, and I worked my way up uh, to, to much worse drugs. I went into the military for just two years, and it really did clean up my life. But unfortunately, I went into the military with PTSD, where most, you know, when people come out of the military, usually with PTSD, I went in there. So I, I didn't last very long. And so when I got out of the military after two years, my whole life just just, just completely blew up. And... You know, once again, I, I was on the streets after that because of uh, just lots of horrible things playing out. But I eventually met a lot of people uh, that were, you know, selling drugs. They were doing cocaine. They were doing, uh, you know, pills and ecstasy and that type of thing. And they became my tribe, unfortunately. And, you know, hurt people hurt people. And people that are in misery find other people that are in misery. So I found all these individuals, and just my whole environment was completely toxic. And uh, as I was in this uh, drug frenzy in my life, I I found myself starting to sell drugs. Unfortunately, this led me into getting into organized crime in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. And so I was working with a bunch of different gangs. I, I just, it was such a crazy turn of events. I just kept getting worse and worse. And eventually, my my drug habits, my alcoholism, I couldn't hold on to money after a few years of working in gangs. And I, I lost everything. I owed like $30,000 to a couple organizations. One of them came after me. I had to fight flee for my life because of a bunch of uh, gang on conflict. So I went from Hamilton to flying across the country to Alberta, Grand Prairie, uh, and found myself homeless for two years after that. Just and uh, a lot of horrible people on the streets as well, in, in homes that were basically it was putting ads on Craigslist for survival. Uh, Craigslist is kind of like a Facebook marketplace. It's not around anymore. With but you can put ads out and people can connect with you. And, and so these people that were connecting with me were taking advantage of my situation. And so I was getting molested uh, by people, and it was just, it was pure darkness survival. And to be quite honest, my sh- my soul got, you know, just shattered into a million pieces. And I um, found myself basically on the brink of killing myself. I, I took pills, and I tried to take my life, and I was fortunate mm-hmm. that didn't happen. But then it happened again two more times because the pain was just so bad. And it wasn't until my third mental breakdown that I finally got myself off the streets. I actually came to Vancouver, uh, British Columbia on a Greyhound bus with all my money trying to escape the freezing cold of Calgary in January. And uh, I found my way here. And a little by little, I got a job. I could 
construction. I started working myself up to get out of, this, like, out of a homeless situation of sleeping on couches of people I didn't know. And, you know, then I went into becoming a personal trainer a couple of years later after I finally got out of the survival. And the health and wellness actually saved my life. It gave me meaning and purpose and really helped me deal with the demons inside of my head. Uh, about six years ago, I was fortunate enough to come across an individual that was running a nonprofit. And so he worked in mental health and also in Parkinson's. And so, kind of like I mimicked the behavior of drug dealers and, and toxic people previously in my life, I started hanging out with this guy a lot and he started mentoring me. And I, I was really blessed to have this guy come in my life because if it wasn't for him and it wasn't for the court systems and it wasn't for all these series of events that played out, I don't believe I would be here right now. You know, and, and fast forward to now, I am extremely passionate for mental health because all my life since I was nine years old is mental health. You know, and, and this, is, this is my destiny. This is what I'm on the earth to do. Because I truly understand and have compassion for people that are suffering. I know what it feels like to hurt. And I want to be able to help as many people as I can. Well, you certainly are. That is quite uh, a compelling story and just unbelievable. I'm so sorry that all of that happened to you. Um, you know, it's it's not enough that you have, uh, you know, abuse at home and then go and get bullied at school. Was there anybody that you could reach out to at that time in your life that um, could support you or help you? You know, I, I, I will say this outright. No, there is, there is nobody. And I have overcome the victim mindset of looking back at my past and saying, you know, feeling sorry for myself. I feel compassion for myself, but I don't feel sorry for myself anymore. Because I'm grateful for what happened. But at that time, I would say there was probably about 12 years of my life I felt extremely isolated, lonely. I was getting made fun of called the miserable one. My neck was on a 45-degree camp looking down at my feet because I was just so miserable and sad. And like, I was oh. like a cancer. Nobody ever wanted to be around me. Um, I was a pretty sensitive kid too, right? A big heart. But, like, I, I just, the rejection over and over at home and then the invalidation and the violence at school, it just, it just destroyed me inside, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, it sounds like you've really overcome a tremendous amount uh, in your life. And it, what do you think, um, I know that you had a mentor that helped you, but it took something inside of you to get on that bus and to, start to change and what why did you make that change what inspired you to do that i think every human being has a threshold of pain that they're willing to accept and tolerate mm -hmm. and i think i overstepped that threshold you know tenfold I, I got to such a level of suffering that i felt like i was spiritually on fire and i had to do something or i was going to die and i mm -hmm. feel like something inside of me just turned on, you know, like my heart started opening up and realized this is do or die. Mm -hmm. 
Well, congratulations to you. I mean, it sounds like so much to overcome. And then, and then tell me how you founded uh, Mental Health Simplified. What inspired you to do that? Because it sounds like you're doing just incredible work. Yeah, so uh, six years ago, I was working in the nonprofit sector with veterans and first responders for like suicide prevention. And I learned a lot in that time uh, just working in mental health. I was doing peer support work uh, with, with people that were suffering from PTSD as well. And I was just really passionate. I wasn't exactly sure what my, my direction was going to be. And I was even getting hired by treatment centers to, to write content and inspirational writings and motivational speeches and stuff like that. But it wasn't until about three years ago that my real purpose started connecting and I started Mental Health Simplified, so it's an organization that is directly uh, inspired by lived experience to guide other people out of their circumstances. And we utilize routines, tools, and strategies to be able to overcome circumstances. And so when I started building this, what happened is it just blew up in a positive way, like all over social media, all over tons of clients and, and counselors and coaches and everybody wanting to work with me, I really feel like I stepped into the right shoes of destiny because everything just started working in my flow. You know, it, it was just something that I was meant to do because the resistance was no longer there before me and I have nothing but clarity and momentum now in my life and I'm so grateful, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds it, you sound amazing and awesome. Um, just quickly before we go to break, um, how can people access mental health simplified? Yeah. So my website is mentalhealthsimplified.ca where you can just search, uh, mental health simplified on Google will come up for sure. Also just type Corey Preston in Google and you'll find me on all my social media as well. My guest is Corey Preston. Corey is the founder of Mental Health Simplified. The website is mentalhealthsimplified.ca. And if you're just joining the program now, you're definitely going to want to hear his story. So you can head on over to iTunes or Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, because you definitely want to hear his story and what he has overcome to get to this place, this place where he and others help people who have experienced um, PTSD, depression, substance dependency. They all utilize their wisdom to help others all across Canada. It's an organization of mental health coaches and counselors, and so many people experience mental health issues. It's so common, and it's a good idea to reach out for help, and you'll probably want to reach out to mentalhealthsimplified.ca. Corey, thanks so much for staying on the program with me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So your website is awesome. It explains uh, everything. And, um, and it seems to be a very, um, you know, e economical. Um, I know there's a charge, but it yeah. does seem that you get a lot of value for your money. Uh, hey, we got to work. Um, and uh, you have group coaching and diving deep programs and one-on-one. -on -one. So tell me a little bit about um, exactly the program delivery and how people can benefit, what kind of services that you offer. Yeah, so, you know, in my own journey, uh, going into different, like, psychotherapies and trauma treatments, 
And, and in no way am I slandering any of these professionals. They're actually quite beautiful solos, and, and they've helped me significantly on my journey. But something that was lacking that I work with with my own clients is actually building a foundation. So the very journey that I did for myself, I needed to learn how to become stabilized. You know, working with my nervous system, reducing that anxiety, learning how to day-to-day live and not have my anxiety attacking me. And so building a foundation is called somatic trauma relief. So it just means that you're getting into the body, you're relaxing the nervous system. These are really advanced techniques to be able to actually heal trauma, relax the nervous system, and find calmness. And it's so important to have a backbone of calmness as you're going through your journey and being able to regulate yourself and your emotions. Because there's triggers, there's these emotional stress responses um, coming from the past, there's stress responses coming from the present. Life is very dynamic. And so I, with my clients and, and all my facilitators, we incorporate routines, tools, habits, like step-by-step, day-by-day, you know, morning routines. These, there's certain times that you actually have to do certain tools, and there's accountability. So going back to the economics, my, my programs are you know, ranging from 90 to $65 a session, they are program-based, so they are uh, four sessions running all the way to 12 sessions. And mm-hmm. the reason it's so affordable is because I truly believe that accessibility is one of the biggest deficiencies at this mental health crisis. I work extremely hard because I love what I do, but I don't want somebody that is lower income or even in Vancouver, you know, middle class, they're struggling as well. And so I want to have these resources that are are accessible to everybody, you know. And so our program is really different in the sense that if you go to a conventional coach or a therapist, you go into session and maybe you'll meet the therapist or coach next session. With our organization, it's 24-7 around the clock. If you have a crisis, if you're going through challenges, if you need help with accountability, that is no extra cost. That's the reason that the prerequisite of having somebody as a facilitator in an organization, they have to be a phoenix. They have to rise above the ashes. They actually have to be extremely passionate what they do because there's a major commitment that we make for our clients. It's not just a job. You know, this is a very purposeful mission for us. And so when people are calling me, at 8, 9 o'clock, sometimes 11 o'clock at night, and they're having issues within you know, the confines of Monday to Friday, I'm mm-hmm. always there for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I obviously I need self-care on the yeah. weekends to recharge my own batteries, but like from Monday to Friday, it's like I take care of my people. I, I am fully committed to them, as is my counselors and my coaches. And that's where transformation comes from when you realize that you have this professional that is going above and beyond and really putting that extra work in with you outside of session so you can implement those tools. That's where it really pays off because you need to have that little extra momentum, that little extra push 
And that's why coaching is so effective in mental health, because we build momentum in order for these individuals to start transforming their lives. We don't just work with mental health either. We work on building fitness programs, getting them to the gym, getting them out for walks, building community, Mm -hmm. building connection. It's a full-spectrum program of building a person that can be happy. It does sound incredible, and you do have that additional, I I understand what you mean by somebody sees a therapist and then they might see them the next week or depending on their economic circumstances, they might not see them for a couple of weeks. Um, So this has that added um, that additional help built in that, you know, and, and oftentimes people might go to the therapist and then they might struggle the next day, you know, or may come upon something that might, you know, risk their sobriety or, or whatever. And it's so mm-hmm. beneficial to have somebody who they can call immediately to say here, Hey, this is what's going on right now. What do you suggest? Can you help me out? Can you help me calm down or whatever? So I can see that that would be incredibly beneficial for people. Um, and I see you have a big Facebook community as well of 3,400 people. Uh, it's it's 3,700 now. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, go ahead. No, oh, I was just going to say that's an additional support as well for people. If people want to go on to mentalhealthsimplified.ca and join the uh, private mental health simplified support group. Is that free or does yeah, that come it's, with it's- it's free for everybody. Nobody has to pay for that. That's kind of like uh, my my charitable contribution outside of like volunteering sessions once in a while. I'll actually build content like inspirational, educational writings on and videos on self worth, self love, acceptance, forgiveness, all these different components that allow a person to really understand the path of their healing journey. And Absolutely. So it's yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Corey, unfortunately, we're up against the clock, but I've really thoroughly enjoyed this, uh, your visit to the show. And thank you for all the great work that you do. And, uh, you know, keep it up, my friend. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Night Health Show podcast. You can subscribe, rate, or review on your favorite podcast app. And if you've got a question about your health, the nurse is always in. So email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com, and I just might answer your question anonymously, of course, on next week's show. For now, have a happy and healthy week.